0: It's these little choices every single day. I think that's another thing that just goes along with this resiliency theme. It's really tough to be resilient if you're just being static.
1: Welcome to the Fi Show, where you get a behind the scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fi Show. This is going to be another one of our roundups where it's just Justin and I kind of chatting it up, following along some of the themes that we got in the last three episodes, which were Allegra Paris, Jennifer Magley, and Ryan Helms. If you haven't checked those out, definitely do that. But before we get into that, let me check in with my co-host, Justin. What is going on, man?
1: Well, not to disappoint anyone, but this week is not as exciting. Although uh, tomorrow, we'll actually be flying back to LA for a couple weeks. But this past week, we've just been house-sitting for Leslie's brother. It's a nice house up in the kind of Lakeway area. If you're familiar with the area outside of Austin, really gorgeous, kind of overlooking the water, house setting some pups. One of which is a beautiful little French bulldog named Pearl. She's a real lady. It's been a good time though. We've just been kind of out here relaxing. We're used to living downtown and with that comes, people want to go to happy hours and things like that all the time. And it's kind of nice just to, to get away a little bit. Got a nice gym set up in the garage. So, you know, been getting good workouts in the morning eating good, healthy stuff, and just kind of resetting the body, you know, versus, again, living downtown, sometimes things can kind of get away from you and kind of find yourself going out a little too much. How about you, Cody?
0: Well, I know you're usually the big concert guy, Justin, but I made it to probably the first concert I've been to in over a year. And this is going to sound hilarious. It's these guys, their DJ names are two friends and they make these mixes called the Big Booty Mixes. (laughs) And they're an hour long and they mash together all these like current hits. And they're awesome. Like if you're, you know, going for a run or you're doing something and you don't want to have to think about changing the next song, I listen to them all the time. So we, we went to that concert. It was actually at Foxwoods on Thursday, Friday, hung out, went out in the city. Um, Saturday, one of my friends has a volleyball court and we got to play this big volleyball tournament and just hang out, have a campfire. And then Sunday I had my annual Lake House bash. So it's basically pack as many of my friends as I can To the lake house and we live on this little peninsula so there's not much parking so it's always mayhem which is the reason why I only do it once a year but it was a ton of fun nothing too bad happened and everyone had a good time so can't complain about that so definitely had an eventful week hopefully the next couple weeks the weather holds up so I can have more fun updates in the five show episodes to come.
1: Well I expect an invite to the annual bash next year Cody.
0: Absolutely Justin you got to make it back up to your your ex stomping grounds I guess in Massachusetts. (laughs)
1: There we go. And for those out there listening to the episode, if you want a quick shot of show notes to be able to send to your friends, or maybe check out some links that we mentioned, you can do all that at the slash July Roundup. That's thefishowcom slash July Roundup. And before we jump into the actual Roundup episode, let's take a quick moment for our
0: partner. Keeping track of your net worth is one of the most important things you can do on your journey to financial independence. If you don't have an idea of what your net worth is, there's no way that you can keep your quote unquote score. One of our favorite tools to keep this score is called Personal Capital. If you haven't already started using it, it's an online software that basically compiles all of your data, it crunches all your assets, all your liabilities, and spits out a net worth number and allows you to track it day by day, month by month.
1: Yeah, Cody, one of the big things that hold people back when they're doing activities like tracking their expenses or tracking their net worth is just they look at it as a big burden. And this allows you to go in with one username and one password and access as many financial accounts as you have. These can be loans, these can be 401Ks, these can be HSAs, bank accounts, credit cards. They're all linked there. The other thing I really like about personal capital is it's very investing focused. So you can go in there and look at your allocation across your entire portfolio. So you don't just look at your allocation in one type of account, but your allocation as a person completely. And if you want to use the same tool that me and Cody use to track our net worth, which is completely free, you can do so at thefyshow.com slash PC. That's the
0: slash PC. All righty. So like we mentioned quickly at the beginning, the last three episodes, we had Allegra Paris who had to pivot her business a bunch. Her in-person personal training got crushed by COVID. She really couldn't do that anymore. She had to completely overhaul and figure something out. Then we had Jennifer Magley who had this awesome job that she got Pretty recently, through networking, all of a sudden, 90 days in, gets laid off. And then in that very last episode we had, Ryan Helms, who quits his corporate job. And the month after he quits that job, it is the worst month that his side hustle, his side business had in its entirety. It was literally the worst month. So the theme that I want to focus on, because now they're all crushing it, now they're all doing extremely well in their businesses, is resiliency. And Justin, I don't know if you just want to weigh in on the themes throughout the episode or maybe something that you've experienced in your own life, because I know for me, being able to kind of get up and roll with the punches has been a huge factor in allowing me to charge toward my five goals.
1: Sure, Cody. The first thing that comes to my mind is actually like this old country song that mentions the only thing that stays the same is that everything changes. So, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is understanding that whatever you planned is probably not going to be exactly how it is. And if you're like fixated on that, it has to go exactly how you plan. And if one thing goes wrong, then it's like this house of cards coming down. As long as you can stay away from that mentality, I mean, to me, that's the biggest part. It's just being flexible and taking what life gives you. I mean, sometimes life hands you some bad things. Sometimes it hands you some opportunities that you didn't expect. And like you always say, I mean, every time you fail, it's just a it's just a learning moment. It's just a time for you to get better from it and learn from it. And as long as, again, you have that attitude and you surround yourself with people who have a similar attitude to where you know they see you fail at something or not quite hit the number that you thought you're going to hit that you've got people who are supportive and and aren't trying to drag you down and bring you down and and then also with that too understanding that those type people are important are those people who like know you and are close to you there's going to be people you're going to come across in either a business setting or just like random internet trolls who are going to who are going to try to bring you down but just realizing those people don't really matter
0: Yeah, I definitely echo a lot of the things you were saying there. I think one big thing that you mentioned was, I mean, especially like the internet trolls thing, a lot of people think that other people care a lot more about them than they actually do. Like most people 80% of the time are focused on themselves. Or if you do an embarrassing thing, if you do have a failed business, if you do lose your job, sure, you might get a flash of attention for a little bit, but people are just going to forget that. So go and do you Go and learn some new skills. Go and do the next thing because at the end of the day, the only person who really cares about you that much is you. So I really liked that point, Justin, to, that you're setting the benchmark for your own failure. So everything that you think is a failure might not even be a failure. And another thing I loved, and I think this is a theme with a lot of people who get up from failures, is kind of the getting 1% better, taking one step forward every day, no matter how which way you want to phrase it. That's something that I saw in all three of the past three episodes journeys, like Allegra, Jennifer, Ryan, they just kept trudging on and trudging on no matter kind of what obstacle got in their way. And I think, honestly, that is one of the biggest hangups and biggest issues I see, I don't know if issues is the right word there, with people charging toward any goal, whether it's a financial independence goal, whether it's a weight loss goal, they just get that analysis paralysis, never start. And that is that's seriously what stops so many people. Like the difference between someone who's in really good shape, whether that's physical or fiscal shape, It's just that they're doing the right things day in and day out. It's not like they're a superhuman and they just did all the right moves in one day and they got really lucky and hit the lottery or, you know, they worked out for 20 hours straight and now they're ripped. Like it's these little choices every single day. I think that's another thing that just goes along with this resiliency theme. It's really tough to be resilient if you're just being static. Resiliency is literally just kind of keeping your feet pedaling. And, you know, no, no matter what obstacles come in front of this illusory bike that I'm making up right now in this analogy, you're going to swerve around them or you're going to ride through them or you're going to go over them or whatever. But if you're not going forward, if you're not pedaling, if you're not keeping the wheels turning, it's hard to be resilient and it's hard to kind of craft and design that life for yourself.
1: I think another part of this too, as far as like a a mental perspective is being able to move on from those failures, like not dwelling on it. So Cody, I'm curious, you know, people a lot of times will ask if you could go back and do something different, what would you do? But I'm more curious, like, what is something that most people would look at as a failure or something bad that you wouldn't change even if you had the ability to? Because it like you either you learn so much from it or you just feel like it was just such a pivotal part of what got you you know to where you are.
0: Yeah, Ryan actually talked about this quite a bit in his episode, kind of finding the audience and knowing that the product is right before building it. So I've definitely talked about this in passing or at least in past episodes, but when I launched those side hustles courses with Julie. Like we launched the freelancing one, a blogging one, and then an Etsy printables one, the freelancing one, just, there was no traction at all. Like literally 5% of the people sign up for that. And I spent hundreds of hours building it. Like I thought this was the best thing ever did all this research, recorded all these videos, wrote all this text, got all the affiliate stuff set up. Like I was so excited. And then just nobody really wanted it. And You know, that was a learning experience for me. I didn't do the market research. I probably should have niched down and stuck with something more specific. It was just way too broad and general of a topic and it didn't work out. Same thing with the blogging course. And, you know, this is just a side hustle example, but we just didn't know. We had no idea that it would be, you know, the course would be so laborious to maintain. We didn't know that, again, it was a little too broad. Like Maybe we should have gone into something more specific like SEO course or an affiliate marketing course or something like that. So we learned that very quickly and learned like the Etsy printables course is the one I'm still running today. But definitely from the outside, I mean, thousands of dollars wasted. We did, we paid for a video editor. We had all this stuff set up. I spent hundreds of hours that I can't get back, but I learned a lot along the way. I didn't do the initial research. And, you know, maybe if I heard Ryan's episode beforehand, I wouldn't be in that same position, but probably wouldn't have taken it back. I definitely got better. I got more comfortable being on camera. I got better at copywriting to, you know, sell and teach. And yeah, a whole bunch of skills, and they've definitely paid off. But in that moment, it was like the most soul-crushing thing ever, just clicking basically the off button on these things that we spent hundreds of hours on. So those are the top ones that come to mind. Do you have any that you can think of, Justin? Well, one thing that comes to mind is,
1: and I don't think anybody would look back at it now and say, oh my goodness, that was terrible because the way things turned out, but like in the moment, like how crushing it felt was when I'm starting to try to find a job after the military. And so it's like, okay, all your experience is just the military. You think you're pretty smart or you think you're fairly sharp. Like you have a decent amount of confidence in yourself based on how you've performed against your peers over the years. But you have never, you don't have that resume. You don't have that proof that you can do this anywhere else. And so there's like a nagging doubt there that you can't do it. And I remember one of the first jobs I'm interviewing for that got really serious. It actually got to like final presentation, a job I was excited about. Had a sweet office downtown. It's actually the same company that Leslie works for. And I'm in there. I put a ton of effort into this presentation, thought I killed it. And then they come back and tell me, ah, actually, we're going with somebody internal. I thought the whole process are giving me a lot of weird flack around, you know, are you sure you could handle this because of, you know, it, it, these $50,000 accounts and this and that? And which was just completely irrelevant to the conversation because in the, you know, in the military, we had handled much larger contracts, but they just had this perception, right, of of what my background was and missed out on that. And I started thinking, gosh, am I going to be able to find anything? Am I to take even less money? And then just a few weeks later, you know, I get this random message on LinkedIn from someone with a company that I had interacted with before while I was in the Air Force, but um, had never directly, like, applied for. And lo and behold, it was probably 60, 70% more money than the one that I didn't get. And it also came with much better benefits. Also had a swanky office downtown, so didn't miss out on that. And so like, I I would sit there and I was like, oh my God, like what if I would have gotten that job? That would have been terrible. And at the the time I was destroyed by it because I didn't get it. And so it's kind of, you know, this idea, the same thing with, you know, we can sit in the stock market where we see this one dip and we freak out And it's like, yeah, but what if you would have sold then and didn't realize it was about to shoot back up? You know, it's this recency bias. It's zooming in too far and not zooming out a little bit and and, and thinking long term. Like, that's okay. It's just one job. No big deal. There's plenty of jobs out there to
0: apply for. So that's kind of what comes to mind for me. Another theme I saw was kind of, and I know we talked about this before we hit play here, was carving your own path. And something that I'm even thinking of. That definitely all three of our previous guests went through. Justin, I know you've gone through it, and so have I, is kind of like an identity crisis, a loss of identity when you go from being this one thing and then everyone wants you to be that one thing and then you hop out. Like for you, I'm sure a lot of people are like, you know, why are you leaving the Air Force, dude? And for me, it's like, why are you quitting that corporate job? Like that's an awesome opportunity. And I'm 100% 100% sure that, you know, Allegra probably got the same thing when she went out and started all these different businesses and had to pivot. I'm sure Jennifer heard the same thing. I'm sure Ryan heard the same thing when he quit that job. So I don't know. I think that's just another thing where kind of what I was talking about before, where people generally just don't care as much as you think they do. And you're like, you know, I'm this thing and it's going to be so scary when I make the leap. And now I'm not this thing anymore. What am my family going to say? What am I going to say at Thanksgiving when they're like, oh, what are you doing now, Cody? And I got to tell them that I made the entrepreneurial jump. It's, it's a scary thing. But I think that's something that from the past three guests and from both of our stories, Justin, that that is a huge power that you can have in your pocket to just make that change. Be resilient. We'll be right back after a quick word from one of our sponsors. Today's sponsor is one I use on a daily basis in my company, Gold City Ventures. That is the sound of a sale in your Shopify store. But did you know that Shopify now also powers in-person selling? Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store or small business. Accept payments, manage inventory, they have everything. Shopify brings together your in-person and online sales business into one source of truth. One dashboard, everything in one place. You know exactly what's going on. And now they have all these customization options. They have plug and play tools you can integrate with Instagram or TikTok or wherever. You can take your payments by phone or by tablet. Shopify makes it easy. Plus, if you have any questions, their support team is there to help you. I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs in this audience and Shopify POS just breaks down that barrier to accepting payments with your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash fyshow, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash fyshow to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash fyshow. Now back to the show.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you just mentioned like that, having to come in like the family dinner and tell everybody, hey, you know, I'm leaving this corporate job. And that's scary. It's scary because even though they may not care as much as you think they do, there is a good chance that they're not going to understand. And I think about that because recently, like my blog got shared on Reddit (laughs) and it was shared inside a subreddit, which you would think this community would be like, not necessarily they need to be congratulatory, but at least understand and be open to the idea of kind of the way I live my life. And it was actually insane how negative all the comments were. People were just like so angry. And it was on financial independence subreddit, which you'd think like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> these, these are our people, right? But they're like, this sounds like hell to me. I would never want to live this way. There were people commenting that they read the article where we went to Hawaii for 12 days I jokingly called the section of that article Intermittent Fasting because we had this giant breakfast, like made-to-order breakfast, not a, not a little buffet with honey buns, but like some of the best bacon I've ever had, yada, yada. And we would eat so much, and then we would leave to go hiking, and we're in these remote areas, so we wouldn't eat lunch. And we would come back, and we would like split a smaller dinner because we had such a big breakfast, whatever. And people were like, this sounds like hell to me. Also, some very like kind of misogynistic things like... Leslie's going to leave you. I can't believe you starve her. It's like, (laughs) it's like, A, I mean, she's her own human being. She can buy something if she wants it. B, like, I wasn't starving her. She's not like my pet that I, you know, I choose to feed or not. Like, it's just crazy. And uh, it just comment after comment where just people, picking out these one little things and blowing it up without really taking into account your full story. Like they just zoom in on these one things. And so going back to that, you know, the first part of the episode where we mentioned like internet trolls, not only is it kind of scary sometimes because you're afraid if they're going to accept you, or what they think about you, but also because people are so lazy, like they may not put the time and effort in to understand your specific journey and they might try to rip you apart for it. And I guess the, my last thought on that is kind of the fact that it is just your journey, and when we read biographies around famous people, I don't think we ever read them and say, "Oh, that's that's not applicable to me. I can't <laughs> I can't do that. What this is not relatable. Why did you even write this? It's like, what do you mean? Why did you write this? It was their life. It wasn't like a. It's not a. You know, I've mentioned this in one of the comments on Reddit. I'm like, this is not an instructional manual to IKEA. This is my story. Like, I'm not telling you do A, B, and C, and you'll get exactly where I am because nobody's life is the same. So like if you're out there and you're, you know, you're looking for help and you're reading, take nuggets, take best practices. Don't get caught up on the fact that you can't do exactly what someone else does. Of course you can't. If I read a biography about Thomas Jefferson, there's probably a lot of things that don't apply to me, but maybe I can take some nuggets away. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, he probably, you know, like I'm probably not going to use horses to get to work. That's okay. Like, I can probably still pick out some nuggets from it without freaking out and be like, Nope, I don't know why this person wrote this. I can't do exactly that. Oh no, this is not going to work because I don't have the exact blueprint to get there. Just, you know, take some of those best practices and and nuggets away and and don't get too worried about the fact that your journey will be different than, than someone else's. Because while we generally focus in on the things that we don't have, like the advantages that that person's story have that we don't almost always we have some kind of advantage or specific unique skill or outlook that is different than someone else's and that is that you know that is your superpower the fact that, that no one else is you.
0: Definitely can relate a bit there. I don't think I got as much hate. I wasn't shared in a reddit where people are notoriously vicious, but the business insider article that came out pretty recently was about my real estate investing. And I got like some hate messages on Instagram. I'm like, I thought Instagram was kind of like a friendlier platform, kind of like a a LinkedIn, Facebook. People generally aren't as horrible as they are on Twitter and Reddit because it's semi non-anonymous or maybe completely non-anonymous. But I received some hate messages there. (laughs) But I don't want to focus and just keep talking about how horrible the internet is for people just tearing us apart, Justin, because I think both of us have used the internet to our advantage, meeting awesome people. Same with our three previous guests, And networking. Networking has literally transformed my life before I even met, like before I even discovered FI and financial independence, I was networking to get internships. I had literally a spreadsheet where I would track people that I talked to, like an interesting fact, and I'd follow up with them. Like I had this whole system and I still network a ton to this day. Like that is a reason why I was able to quit my corporate job. I ended up going on the book tour with Grant Sabatier. I mean, even us hooking up Justin and starting the FI show, was networking. Like if I'd never met you at Camp Fi and never had you on the podcast before, like we wouldn't be doing this. And yeah, man, it's just, it's absolutely transformed my life meeting really awesome people. It's another reason why I love doing this podcast so much. But how about you? Do you have any experiences with how networking has, whether it's monetary, whether it's just happiness (laughs) or travel? I mean, I know we both definitely used and abused our friends (laughs) around the country, staying with them for free.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say, you know, leaving tomorrow (laughs) to go to L.A. for a couple weeks. And it's like a win-win, though. You know, not all networking is like you taking from someone, right? It's like we're house-sitting for someone who would have to pay hundreds and hundreds, probably over the $1,000 mark to have someone watch their dog for two weeks. Or, like, we can come out there, enjoy L.A., nice place with a pool, and we watch the dog. And it's kind of a win-win. We get a little more space. We get out of the house. The flights are cheap, and that's really all we've got to pay for. So again, it's like a win-win. You, you meet friends all across the country, and you kind of always got a, a local tour guide and someone you can crash with most of the time. But when you think about networking in the more traditional, like professional sense, I think back to when I did it really wrong <laughs> and, where, <laughs> and where I got really scared, which is actually right as I was about to join the Air Force or that whole time leading up to it, like in college. So most people you know, would do internships or they would go to career days and things like that. And they get the business cards and they start making contacts with these companies. And so they've got some leads when they get ready to to graduate. Maybe they've even got the job lined up because they've been doing an internship. Well, I was doing Air Force RTC. So I thought, I know my employer, I'm not going to career days. And then the Air Force was going through this thing that they call a RIF, which is a reduction in force. Basically just means, uh-oh, we messed up. We have too many people. Now we got to get rid of something. And sometimes that means the people who are coming in out of RTC, like out of college who just got their commission, we're going to say, you know what? You don't owe us any money for college. Don't worry about that. But you don't have a job. So I sat there for a few months with no communication, not knowing if I was going to get a job or not. Ended up having to take this kind of intermediary job at this engineering place. And I'm saying that with air quotes because I found out that once they brought me on full time, like my salary was going to be like 40,000 was about as much as I could make there, which is kind of crazy for an engineering firm. But I was like terrified. I was like, I did not do any networking. I don't know anyone. Like I'm from the small town of Mississippi. Nobody in my family is in like a corporate setting. I don't know anybody. And I missed my one chance, which was all these career days and internships, because I put all my eggs in this one basket. And it kind of goes back to that first part we were talking about how, like, you have to be ready for the fact that things aren't going to go the way you expect them to. I should have been prepared. I should have been networking just in case something happened, you know, just in case something like physically happened to me right before it's time to come in. And they're like, ah, you know, you're medically disqualified now, or whatever it might be, you know, like I should have been more ready for contingencies and I wasn't. But, you know, later in life, like, I, I kept that close with me. And so as I was in the Air Force, you know, when we would go to different conferences and things like that. I would connect with people on LinkedIn. I would take business cards. I'd start kind of studying what are different job titles. Cause as maybe as weird as that sounds, like I didn't even know what I should apply for. Like what, what job title should I search for? Cause I didn't know normal people's job titles. So I started kind of teaching all myself that well in advance, even today. Like I take calls with people who are recruiting for a job opening fairly often. And they always ask me like, Are you looking to move? And I said, "Mm, not necessarily. Like I like my job, pays well, but I'm always going to listen because you never know when like there's going to be an opportunity that is just insane that you weren't expecting. So like, it doesn't bother me to take 15, 20 minutes out of my day to have a conversation with you and see if there is an opportunity, make a connection on LinkedIn. We might get to a point sometime in the future where I am looking for something. And now I'm not just like a random face on the internet. I'm somebody you've communicated with. You remember me. A lot of
0: times that goes a long way. I'm curious because this is something that I've definitely adopted probably in the last two years, but I am very intentional about always giving before I get. And so what I mean by that is like if there is someone I really want to connect with on a deeper level, like they have a podcast I want to be on or they have some course I can collaborate on them with or they have some event that I want to be a part of or something like that. I never, ever, ever, ever bring that up in the first message with them. Like, I'll just start to, you know, soft connect. I'll say, "Hey, like, what can I do for you?" Like, tell them like how I can help them, what some of my skills are, and that has been really, really successful for me. Cause I'm thinking to myself, and like I, and I'm sure you get these same messages. So many messages on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, and everyone just wants to give you something or sell you something, and it's their direct benefit. But the people who I've really connected with are the people who they're genuinely going to help me for no good reason. And I'm like, this is just nice of this person. Like they're genuinely connecting with me. And so I've really taken that to heart, thinking of the person who I'm reaching out to. And I'm always trying to give, give, give as much as I can before I get. That has paid dividends in my networking career so far. I mean, even I just talked about the bookstore with Grant. I didn't want anything in return. I just wanted to learn from him. He was just a guy who retired at 30 and he was killing it. And he's an SEO guru. And I'm like, hey, just teach me some stuff. I'll work w- with you for free. And I end up going on a book tour. And now we're awesome friends. So literally just yeah, giving before I get has helped me in so many different capacities. And I've heard that from a lot of different people as well. And I think that's how the most successful networkers do it. Like I know even Ryan had mentioned, he's just given people a 1000 bucks to send leads his way for his marketing agency. Like that's genius. Because before he even gets anything at all, he is giving right away. So I don't know if you've use that at all, Justin, in your networking tool belt, but that has been the most helpful tactic, at least in the networking umbrella for me.
1: Yeah, I mean I would say I probably don't have to use that quite as much as, as you, Cody, when you talk about like trying to do partnerships with people and things like that, because it's not really my career, but I totally get where that's coming from. And on a personal level, I always try to do that with friends and stuff, you know? And I think that it does two things. It it builds a little credibility. It's like, okay, this is a decent human being but also it just gets you more attention. Like it is so obvious when you open one of those messages on LinkedIn or an email or whatever, when you can tell somebody's like copy and pasting, they don't even really know who you are. Or if they do, they haven't like really dug into, you know, your background and things like that. If you take a little time, get to know as much information about the person as possible before you reach out. And like you said, offer up something that's beneficial to them, even before they really read the words it is just like a two second glance at that email or that inbox message and they it's different. It just looks different. These, you know, these messages you get from recruiters and random people who are looking to just be able to post their blog on your website or whatever it is, like they just all look the same. And so it helps you stick out, I think. And so I think that kind of sums it up for these episodes that we've had here in July, a nice little roundup. And some of the things we talked about today, remember were networking, kind of resiliency and your own path. And what if I told you, you know, you could kind of handle all of that over at our Facebook group, the slash community, because you can get out there, you can network with other people, you can see what other people have done, find those unique paths, share your unique path. And with all that knowledge that just gives you so much information to be resilient as you go forward, because you know, all these different ways that something can be done. And as always, if you want to check out our Facebook group page, you can do so at the slash community. And we always appreciate those five-star reviews. They help us get great guests like we had today. And if you're interested in supporting The FI Show, you can do so by checking out some of our partners over at the resources page, which can be found at thefishow.com slash resources. And thanks for listening.